everyone. I'm here with Ari and we're your, um, I'm here. I'm here. You know what? This is episode 200. If you don't know who I am by now, that's on you. But I guess I'll say it anyway for anyone who's new. I'm Rachel. Ari's here as well. And we're your host for the Merry Writer podcast. This week, we're on episode 200. Yay! And we're asking a whole bunch of questions because we just thought for, since 200 is a bit of a milestone, we thought we would ask each other like rapid fire questions about reading and writing and our work in progresses and all of that fun stuff. So before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already, because seriously, 200 episodes, I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon, so you're kind of stuck with us. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and feel free to write a review. Ari, first question. What is the first story or novel you ever wrote? Okay, the first story I ever wrote was when I was like, six or something I don't know it was in primary school and I had to we had to write a little short fiction and I wrote about a monster under the bed that was befriending dust bunnies and I really wish I still had it but I don't and my family wasn't big on keeping things like that so no it's gone which was very sad if we're talking novels I wrote um a sci-fi called infinity awaits (laughs) so bad probably when I was about I want to say like 13 12 13 that was a full novel it went over like eight floppy discs during my age and then it had a sequel too so yeah yeah that was my <laughs> that monster under the bed sounds adorable and i actually wrote something similar like a f- oh god well i guess it was like seven eight years ago now uh when i got my cat chase he was hiding under the bed for the first few days so every time we gave him dinner, I would just slide his bowl under. And then after an hour or so, I would just slide it back out and it would be empty. And I was joking with my sister that I was like, it's like we're feeding the monster under the bed. And I actually wrote a children's picture book about it. And I I think I lost it because I think it was on the laptop that I spilled water on. And I don't think I saved it anywhere else. But that's always been a story that's been in the back of my head that I would like to go back to. But that sounds adorable. And um, will you ever go back to Infinity Awaits? Uh, I might do it. I actually really enjoyed the story. Um, I the, it was actually book two was better, and then I uh, some of the floppy disks corrupted, and I lost like half of it, and I managed to get most of it back. It would probably need to just be scrapped and rewritten a hundred percent because I don't know. Back to like twelve, thirteen year old me would have been awful at writing like <laughs> the worst possible writing it might have put in comic sans as well so you know oh, that's yeah. how bad it would have been um but yeah no i might do because I, I don't know i i like i like all my stories so yeah i think I, it, I think it'd be fun to see how different your style is between then and now because like my the first story I ever wrote was called Diary of a Lover. And I'm not gonna explain what that was because it's too embarrassing. How old um, were you? Diary of a lover? How I think I was in high school. Okay, so just check. But it was during my like gossip girl and pretty little liars era. So that's like all you'll get about what Diary of a Lover was about. That's it. <laughs> love the age difference it's like you know it's like oh you're watching pretty little liars in high school and i'm like talking about floppy disks it's like so 
<laughs> floppy disks were <laughs> elementary school <laughs> for oh me. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> and nope, then it I... fizzled out. <laughs> they were great. They were awful, but they were great. Yeah, yeah, they were. I know. Oh. Anyway, this is supposed to be rapid questions, so they're not going to be, but we're going to try. I know. Okay. Um, with that, well, let's go to the next one. So what writer would you love to meet in person? So my favorite author who I would love to meet in person is actually three people under the pen name Aaron Hunter. And you guys all know I've spoken about Aaron Hunter and the Warriors series many times over, but I would love to pick their brains about how they work together and collaborate on this massive world of a series and how they came up with the idea. Well, actually, I, I found out how they come up came up with the idea just the other day, actually, and it made me cry. Um, but yeah, I would just love to, like, they're the ones that got me into reading in the first place. So that that's important to me. I like how you snuck three people into meeting one person because they use one pen name. That is quite okay. a sneaky trick. Well, it's not a sneaky trick. They are my favorite author. It's not, I can't help that they just happen to be three people that work on the same series. Sneaky. That's what we get. Sneaky. <laughs> well, it's me. So <laughs> are you surprised? No, and I'm not surprised you picked Erin Hunter either because I said, yes, we we, we were. It, I actually get to the point where I feel like I should start the Warrior series because you've talked about it so much. It's like, it better be bloody good. <laughs> It is, it is. I mean, I am at the ripe old age of 30 and I'm still reading the series and I'm still enjoying it. And I still reread the series. Yeah. Is it and it's still going though, isn't it? It's still writing. It's still going. Wow. Yep. So I don't know how, but see, that's what I would love to talk to them about. That yeah, actually, yeah, how how to maintain a series that long is pretty damn impressive. Okay, for me, there are so many to choose from. Um, but since um, Sir Terry Pratchett has sadly passed away and I never did get the chance to meet him, feel really bad about that. I'm going to probably have to say Dorinda Jones. Her books are the ones of uh, one of the few books that have actually made me laugh out loud to the point where I had to put the book down because I got a stitch <laughs> and I was shaking it so much. I, I just I just love her, the way she writes her style. Um, it was her Charlie Davidson series that just made me laugh out loud, um, which is really bad because when you're trying to read at night and your other half is asleep and you're chortling to yourself, trying to hold in the laugh. Yeah. So I would love to sit down and chat with her over a cup of tea and find out like how she came up with everything and whether she is that funny just as a person, which I think she probably is, actually. But yeah, that, that would be my my pick. I've never read that author. That's all I have to say. But I'm glad those those books are the best when they make you laugh out loud like that. I personally like it when books make me cry. I don't know why. Some happy tears, happy tears, uh, but also sad tears. I like to feel the emotions. So I'm just gonna move on. What is the worst book to movie adaptation in your opinion? Um there's probably a lot because I've watched a lot of movies that apparently are books that I've not read the book of. And obviously, you know, they always say the book is better. Not always. I'm going to point that out. But if I'm going to pick one, I have to say The Hobbit. I loved Lord of the Rings, but it needed to be three books, uh, three movies. It was a 
you know, it was so much world building. It needed three movies, three three hour movies, plus all the extra stuff. The Hobbit, I read in class when I was eight and I struggled with reading. And I managed to read that. I'm sorry, it did not need three giant movies. And honestly, I can barely remember anything in them other than like the most basics, like when they first start the the, the adventure and the trolls. Um, that was it. It just, they dragged, they were boring. It was so much like in your face and extra stuff that I that was definitely not in the novel. And it was just like, eh. The only thing I liked was Smaug. And I don't care if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Everybody pronounces it differently. I pronounce it Smaug. Uh, and that possibly could be because A, the, the, the visual of the dragon was brilliant. And B, I just love Benedict Cumberbatch. And his voice was perfect. And I will watch anything with him in. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I, could, I, could, I could talk through every single one of the Lord of the Rings movies piece by piece. And I remember every single piece. I can't remember... <laughs> any of, of, of the movie, the second movie of The Hobbit, I can remember tiny pieces of the first and just the dragon piece at the, of, of the third one. That's it. I gotta agree with you on that one because, I mean, The Lord of the Rings, it was easy to make that into three movies because the book is broken up into three parts and it's lengthy and I agree with you, it does need three movies because there's just so much to the whole book of it. But The Hobbit, I mean, man, that was like, what, 300 pages? And they were like, let's break this up into three movies. And and they threw in a, a character that wasn't needed, that didn't exist, and just for like some sort of weird love interest. It's like, no, no, no. So I, yeah, I agree with you on that one, The Hobbit. I, I still enjoyed the movies because I like the actors and I like, I like Bilbo, of course. You can't go wrong with Bilbo. You can't go wrong with Smog. But yeah, in terms of, you know, following the book and stuff now, not not a good, not a good. No, it wasn't, was it? It was just, it was over bloated and just, and that, it annoys me that I went and saw them, but I kept thinking they were going to get better and they didn't. And it's like, yeah, I have zero interest in rewatching those, but I will read the book again. <laughs> I should reread the books, actually. I haven't read them in a while. Yeah. That should be maybe our new new year. Like, yay! We should start reading them again. Okay, next question. What are you currently working on? Well, I mean, I'm currently working on three different things because I can't be bothered to work on one thing at a time. So, of course, naturally, I'm still working on The Perfect Alibi, which is book one in my mystery series with George and Lila. I'm actually really hoping to get it done this year and, you know, finally share it with the world. That would be so nice. But I'm also working on a novella series. Uh, the series is um, called Criminal Cafe, and the first novella is called Caffeinated Capers. So it's another, like, mystery type thing, late night coffee shop run by a retired assassin found family all that fun stuff because found family is glorious and i am working on a short story collection uh for my blog and also my tumblr because i went back on tumblr and that's called app i always i don't know why i titled it this because i i can never pronounce it on the first try it's called apparitions anonymous 
And that's just a collection of short stories of the Grim Reaper, like basically having therapy sessions with new souls crossing over. So I'm having a lot of fun with all of them. And so I hope I stick with them and actually finish them. That would be great. I when, when we were looking at this question, I was asking like, when does this come out? Because um, just, to, just to be honest, we're recording this in October, 2023. Why y'all just got to expose us? <laughs> sometimes we expose ourselves by saying oh yeah you know we got ill or such a thing happened and it's like yeah that was like three months ago when this by yeah, time this fair. comes out so um <laughs> yeah uh so i'm probably still working on what i'm always working on i am exactly like rachel i get bored easily and need to have lots of things going at the same time very much a lots of plates in the air so i am probably still working on the blessed trilogy I have, fingers crossed, book one is like with betas by now. Really hoping to be. Um, I've I started book two, like 2023, started like messing with it. So I'm hoping that's going to be on a bit further. I am still working on my very long series, um, Preternatural series, which is the Trinity Heart series. Uh, book one has been written for ages. It just needs fixing in a part and I just keep ignoring it so hopefully that has been done too um I have a four or five other story ideas that I started messing with so they might be on too um yeah most of them are uh fantasy but I also have a sci-fi and a pirate one lurking so, so to be fair I could be working on any of those I could be working on something new but as of recording this it's still working on the trilogy blessed which is a traditional fantasy and on my modern urban preternatural fantasy excessive series and i think another one but i can't remember which one it is because it kind of it kind of flicks through but yeah that's what i'm still working on because this is my life now <laughs> man i like how you're just like i'm hoping i'll still be doing this i'll be doing that blah 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 and i'm like no 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 i'm trying to be optimistic I will still be working on these projects come January because I really, really hope. I think for George and Lila, I think I have had a publishing goal for the fall for the past five years or so. And I am like still in the same spot that I was. <laughs> I am going to be optimistic and say that hopefully it'll be published by the end of 2024 or early 2025 at the very 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 latest but yeah that's I mean that's what we're working on and we're gonna be working on it because we're gonna be productive I'll take out the sticker charts again if I have to that we won't follow but we'll try and that's what counts since we're we're both working on like 50 different projects are there any projects that you'll never go back to I think we did an episode that mentioned this once before, and I probably said there was. I'm going to retract that and say no, <laughs> because I I like all of my ideas. There's probably some I have to not do because I don't have enough, even if also optimistically, I don't think I've got enough years ahead of me to do all the stories I want to do. Um, but honestly, I'm going to freaking try. <laughs> you know, if I was given these ideas, I, I'm going to try it. I think I'm sticking with the same uh, mainly 10 that I've got at the moment that are like the most active um but yeah no you know what no no I don't want to give any of them up no that's no answer. that's fair that's fair I you know I agree with that I think 
I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you uh, for most of my ideas, but I'll never go back to my first novel. Never, ever. Um, that will never see the light of day. Uh, but I used to have a spreadsheet of novel ideas that had well over 100 ideas. And now I've narrowed it down to 48, which I know still sounds like a lot, but those 48 ideas are across 10 different series. So I don't know. I mean, a lot of the ones that I took off of the spreadsheet, I don't know if I'll ever go back to them. I still have them in the back of my mind. And maybe if when I'm old and gray and retired, I'll write them for fun or something. But for the most part, I don't think I'll go back to them. Because I had a lot of like children's picture book ideas. Um, and I, I don't know if I'll ever go back, to, especially since my all of my stories now talk about death and dying and grief and murder and all that stuff. <laughs> Turn that on its head to, to children's picture books. To be fair, take the murder part out. Like kids do need to learn about death and grief. It's not, if I, you know, it's like parents are awful at, at, at talking about that with their kids. I mean, we have a family member and with a five-year-old and, um, and one of the animals died and then suddenly there's a lot of questions about death and everything and it was awkward and everyone's uncomfortable and it's like yeah so I don't know having a book you can throw at kids and go hey I'll read that <laughs> just explains it all that's, that's true that is true um yeah we're gonna stop talking about you and your bloody spreadsheets because I remember when you mentioned that and then I went and went oh that's a good idea so I wrote all mine in the spreadsheet and and found to be having way too many and it was sobering sobering seeing how many ideas of, of novels and series were just kind of floating around nebulously in my head ready to be started um and it just gave me massive paralysis so thanks for that rage how many do you have i remember i think i think mine was something stupid like in the 50s 60s and then oh, i started I'm moving them up. down and i didn't i didn't get up to the 100 thank god and that's i'm moving them down um and been like well these are these are just very not sure but these ones are right at the top um but even then it was still like you know like you said like 40 odd and I didn't even put the accurate number because like the Trinity Heart series uh, I thought oh well it's at least eight books and then I started pulling the plot ideas and there's at least 14 and I haven't pulled all the plots so I was completely mistaken on how many I'm like yeah it's about eight or nine books and then I realized I had all these plot ideas. I pulled them up and it's like, wow, there's 14 plus. So yeah, I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> That's like on my spreadsheet. I Like I said, I have 48 across 10 different series, but each series, I know they're not going to be standalones. So even though I don't like have the titles and stuff yet, I just have like at least three books for each series because I know it's going to happen. It's hard to write standalones. It's, it's annoying because it's getting to the point where I'm actually starting to enjoy read standalones because sometimes I just don't have the mental capacity to start a new series, especially if it's an ongoing series and you don't know how many books it's going to be. It used to be like, you know, you get the duology and trilogy. Now everyone's doing four to five books for a series or more. And it's like, I don't have time. I just don't have time. So I'm actually starting to read a lot more standalone books just to give me a little headspace. So maybe I need to start writing some standalone books. But instead of going, oh, I'll just take some of those story ideas and put them as one, it'll be like, oh, I'll add new ideas to the standalone. So that's not good. That's not good. Um, okay, what question are we on? Have you noticed these are not rapid at all? <laughs> I mean, did you expect it to be? It's us. I know, right? Um, okay, what's your favorite book of all time? 
Warriors. That is not one book. <laughs> I don't care. Books. I don't care, Ari. There's like over 50, 60 books in the series. And I like it, so I'm going with it. Rachel cannot follow rules, as we know. Um, I hate this question, and I appreciate I have asked this question. <laughs> because who has one favourite book of all time? Seriously. who do Someone say, what's your favourite movie of all time? Are you kidding? Some of my favourite movies have only just come out. So, of course, they weren't there back in the day. Um, I I have loads of favourites. Like, if there was a fire, there's about 12 books I would rescue, you know? After, you know, family and, and cats and everything. Um, I would definitely grab a certain number of books. Um, but there is one or two that I always turn to if I'm having a bad day and I kind of need something comforting and familiar. I'm not saying these books are, you know, easy reads, um, but they're, they're a comfort to me. It's like visiting old friends. Um, so I'm going to pick one. Because I am going to follow the rules. And I'm going to go with The Shadow Queen by Anne Bishop. That is the one I will always reach for if I'm having a rough day. I don't care if you actually chose one book and was following the rules. I chose a series and then you immediately was like, I hate this question because who has one favorite book? I so But I, I still care. did it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't count. I don't care. I'm not listening. Do you what ever? are some non-writing related hobbies you do? I'm skipping that. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I uh make and sell jewelry and gift items. Um, I class it as a hobby because I actually enjoy doing it. If it got too commercial, it would fully stress me out. I rescue small animals like all the time. I'm I'm usually the person who stops in the middle of the road to pick up snails and caterpillars and like tired bees. Um, I love playing board games. Um, um, my favorite is the Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island, and also Cthulhu Flux. Um, I I like to, I have an Oculus. I like to play two games, and that is it. <laughs> like my brother keeps telling me to buy more, but I literally just play Beat Saber and was it Space Pirate Trainer training. That's it. I just I just play those two games and only those two games. Um, what else? I don't know. I like I hate thinking about hobbies because I, it, the problem is as you get older and you become more of a grown up, which is so freaking annoying. You start doing things because it's useful and productive and less about enjoyment. Like I used to do art all the time and I stopped doing it because I stopped taking commissions and I stopped doing art trades. And instead of just going. I like drawing. It was like, no, if I'm not making money or I'm not share, I'm not sharing it here, I don't see the point. And it was like, I don't know why I did that. You know, same with like, I used to make candles. I used to just make candles for myself, and then I started to sell them, and they did well. And then it was just like, I got bored of it. So I start, instead of going back and just making myself candles, it was like, yeah, I'm gonna stop doing that. So yeah, I think those are the main hobbies I still do, ish. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I I get that though. That's a mood. I have a difficult time finding hobbies because I'm like, well, if I'm not making money from it, then I'm not being productive. So I get that. I totally get that. And that is not a correct mentality to have. Small disclaimer right there. But you know what? Here we are. Um, when I, I mean, any, when I'm not writing, I'm usually playing video games, um, which of course I get review codes. So in some way, that is also partly work. But I like to play video games and 
I started uh, photography again. I picked up my camera um, after not picking it up for a really, really long time. And um, I actually started sharing that on Redbubble because, again, I'm not like, this is going to sound backwards because I, I w didn't do that because I was like, oh, well, if I'm not making money, I'm not being productive. But I started doing it because I just needed like a confidence booster, so to speak, because I'm not like a professional photographer. So I was like, well, hey, let me just share it on the internet and just have a little more confidence in myself sharing my art and my creative work. So uh, that's actually been kind of helpful for me in terms of writing and stuff as well. So there's photography, there's video games. I do like to just hang out with my animals. Um, one really expensive hobby that I like to do is bring home animals, um, which I should probably stop doing that. But here we are. We I got a mini zoo at my house. And also board games are fun as well. And Dungeons and Dragons. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I'll stop talking. No, no, no. That's good. See, that's it. Yeah. It's we, it's nice that we actually have hobbies because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's kind of, you think about it, you think, what do I do? You know? And then we start thinking about it, like, yeah, I, I might not play board games as often as I used to because since we've moved, it's not as easy. Um, And that, but it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's nice to actually remind yourself what you do. And then, then realize if you haven't got any hobbies, then maybe you need to go get hobbies yes you know because yeah. i don't know if you ever had that moment where it's like he's like oh yeah i do this and this you think actually it's been ages since i did that i don't actually do that anymore yeah you know? it's like i used to be like oh yeah i do pottery and archery it's like i since we moved out of england i haven't done pottery and i haven't done archery so i can't really claim that i do those as hobbies anymore because i don't so it, yeah and it just like it gets to a point where everything is just so time consuming because there are only so many hours in a day and you feel like you need to be spending that time doing something again, more quote unquote productive and things like that. That, that is the biggest time suck is the false productive because, and we're, we're all taught the value comes from productivity. It's like, you need to be really good in, in your job and you need to do this at school. And you, you know, it's like, what do you do in your spare time? It's like when people say, like, what did you do? And you're like, oh, I did nothing. Oh, is that all? Well, you could come with us. It's like, whoa, whoa, I enjoy doing nothing. I chose to do nothing. But it's it's almost unheard of. It's like, unless you're cleaning or tidying or organizing or doing a hobby or going out or meeting people or trying something or learning something, you're wasting time. And we, we as a society have got that so deep in our heads that it has, it has affected everything, even the fun stuff. It's like, you know, we garden now to make the garden look tidy. We don't garden because we want to put new plants in it or we want to make the bird, ha you know, the birds more um, likely to come into garden. No, no, no. We garden because it needs to look tidy because we don't want the neighbours going, oh, gosh, look, look at the head that's overgrowing and blotting out the light, which it has been doing. And that's the problem. Everything is based on this like product value. It's like, that's how we get our worth. How much have you done? What is the productivity of your life? That's your worth. And it's upsetting. Yeah. Yep. I don't even have anything to say on that because that is so true and hit so home. And this conversation took a turn. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. So, I, I'm, I'm going to add a little bit extra, even to the point as being a writer, if you don't write a thousand words, 500 words, 10,000 words in a day, you're not being productive. Say you sat down at your computer and you wrote 10 words. 
what's the first thing you think oh my god is that all oh my god that's rubbish i'm never going to be a writer it's like it's more than zero it's better than what you have done if that if you've been struggling that is something the fact you sat down and wrote anything i'm not saying massively celebrate i'm not one of these it's like oh my god you did it's like no but you know what if you're going through something just doing something is better than nothing if it's something you want to do but no, we have to judge ourselves like, oh, wow, I used to be able to do this many. It's like, yeah, but OK, but you can't now. So just wheel it back, do what you can do until you're up to that level again. No, we, we judge ourselves and then we make ourselves feel like crap about it. And then what does that do? Stops us from writing. We are trained to think negatively. Yeah, that's actually really depressing. So we're going to move on to the next question. What was the best money you ever spent as a writer? Revenir, I... Got it for like half price because I participate and uh, reach my goal in NaNoWriMo because uh, Literature and Latte are sponsors of NaNoWriMo. So if you're interested in getting that and NaNo is the type of challenge that may work for you, uh, you can get a discount if you win. And if you don't, you still get a discount for participating. And I love, 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 love Scrivener because I have it on all of my computers and I have it on just everything and it, it, backups to the cloud and it's just it's just I don't even I will have to do a podcast episode on Scrivener alone we're not sponsored or affiliated with them in any way but we both use it and we both love it and it's just such an easy way I started learning how to make templates on Scrivener so it's going to make my novel writing like so much better or smoother not necessarily better but the process will be smoother I guess but yeah, and it's not even that expensive either. So probably, yeah, I I love it. I, I concur with that. It's it's brilliant. I remember when I first got it and then I, I hated it because I couldn't figure it out. And instead of taking like five minutes and learning about it, I just went, no, I don't want to use it anymore. And I ignored it for like a year. And then I watched a video and someone showed me how to use it. It was like, oh, I'm going to go back to it because sometimes I can be a bit of a child like that. Um, but yeah, I like that you can set it all up so it's already got all your front matter and your back matter and your, your parts and your chapters. And yeah, seriously, I agree. Scrivener is brilliant. It's brilliant. Yes, we will definitely have to do an episode about that. Make sure to remember to write that down, Rachel, because we will forget. Um, for me, um, I, I spent a little bit more <laughs> and I, I spent over £400 on a course run by a writer. Um, but it was not just it wasn't really just about writing it was mostly about branding and marketing and um building a following and all this um and what i got out of it was totally worth the money in fact i think it, it probably could have been more um i also got lifetime access i got access to a, um, a facebook group um i can get those videos anytime i want and i actually made notes and i filled two full notebooks with notes from this course it was really good really detailed and I actually used a lot of the ideas and techniques in my online business so even though I might not have used it all with my writing it's still a lot of the stuff like about marketing was transferable and it gave my business a massive boost so seriously massively impressed and I'm not big on writing courses I feel there's too many people out there who write one novel and then go oh my gosh here's my course it's 97 pounds or 997 pounds or 1997 because for some reason 97 is this magic number that all courses seem to be um not sure why don't know why people are drawn to the 97 um but yeah i just i'm very skeptical about most courses but i got a free course that was an hour and the amount of information i got in the free course 
was worth it to bounce to the you know even if I hadn't have bought the other one the advanced one I was I got so much out of the original I was impressed that I went on whereas sometimes you go on these courses and it's a lot of fluff just to sell you the next you know the advanced course by someone who has written one book <laughs> um not to not to disparage maybe a little bit disparaged but that's just my personal opinion I I just yeah I'm not the biggest fan of writing courses and I want good value for money and I want someone who knows what they're talking about. So yeah, that was fine. You know what? I'm glad that you bought a writing course and actually got something out of it though, because whenever I do writing courses, I look for the free ones <laughs> because you just, unless you know the person who's running the course and you you know what they've done and you know where they came from and things like that, I try not to spend any money because what works for one person doesn't work for everybody else. So, which is something you got to take a grain, you got to take that with a grain of salt. If you do take writing courses, I'm not saying all writing courses are bad or anything like that, but they do get pricey and you can kind of get sucked into like this, like pit of just constant learning about this, that, and the other. And then you end up not getting any writing done, or you try to cater your writing style to that what you particularly learned in that course, which can have its own issues. It can certainly help, but it can also come with issues and you got to find that balance. So speaking of money, final question, Ari, what would you do with your first advance if you received one? Uh, I assume we're talking a good advance, not like here's 20 quid. <laughs> it's like I would assume, um, yes. Yeah, is it like something like, you know, 10 grand or something? Um. I don't know. It, it's a weird one. It's one of those where it's like, you think, oh my God, I'm just going to go to the stationery shop and go crazy on notebooks. Or would it be, I'll be sensible and put it in a high interest savings account to pay for the rest of the freaking books. You know, <laughs> and someone to deal with my social media crap because I hate it. Um, I think the first thing I would do is I would probably go out and buy myself like a cheesecake and a hot chocolate and just like enjoy myself that's it's so sad it's like but I don't drink so I can't go I'm buying myself some champagne it's like no I'm gonna get myself a really good cheesecake and some hot chocolate and and not think for about writing for like two weeks um but yeah no I can't I, I don't know I'd, I'd like to be more interesting but I don't think I am so that's my answer the funny thing is I have three ideas of what I would do the first idea assuming that my first published book is my murder mystery series I have always wanted to host a murder mystery party so I think I would probably put the money towards you know having some extra extravagant like party type thing but I don't have enough friends for that I don't think I would have like enough people in real life that would be able to attend and actually have a good time with it so I don't know if I would do that the other thing is because I'm a child, I would love to go on PokemonCenter.com and just buy all the Pokemon stuff that I could possibly get. Like, there's so many things on that website that I want, but I'm like, I just, I shouldn't be spending my money on that. And I I don't. So if I had a big advance like that, I would probably just go nuts on that website. Or similar to what Ari said, I would probably put it you know, maybe half goes into my savings account or like I, I split it up so that I can have like a little bit of spending money, put some in the savings account and the rest goes into a different savings account 
for the other books to hire an editor, hire a book cover artist and all of that fun stuff. So yeah, I could either like use it for social purposes. I could completely blow it all or I could be sensible with it. There's no in between. I'm actually going to change my answer. <laughs> I just realized, I think, you know what? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blow it all, but I think I would probably massively upgrade my system. I would have two or three monitors. I've only got one at the moment. I would redesign. I would have a, a, a redesigned desk that was perfect for all the things I need. I'd have three monitors, a really good keyboard, a mouse. I'd have my speaker systems up so I could play the music throughout the whole room rather than just coming out the stupid crappy speakers that I've got at the moment. I would um, redesign the room so that I had like giant whiteboards or peg, uh, not peg boards, what's it called? Cork boards for when I did my outlining. It would just be on one wall. It would, yeah, I think I just, that's what I would spend it on. I would, I would up my, my craft room system so that it was perfect. That's what I would do. That's a really good some, idea. You know, and you'd have some spare for like, you know, more stationary. Yeah. More yeah, of course. Pens. So we totally need more of those. Yeah, of course. It's, it's never, and obviously, you know, buy a few books and everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, That's a really good idea. <laughs> That's probably something else I would do too. I would probably like just go to the office store and just, just buy all the new office supplies, upgrade my systems. Yeah. Go to someone if where they only can actually only. design it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be honest. The truth is, if we got it, we'd be like paying off debt or bills. I know. Or, get it you know update get the car needs a service that'd be the boring thing it wouldn't actually be you know oh it'd be like, oh, i've got a credit card to pay off <laughs> that, no honestly though that's why i threw that into my original answer because i feel like if i had that type of money i would probably just say oh man i earned this i could buy all the pokemon cards but i probably shouldn't like and then the guilt would set in and i'd be like i got a budget i gotta be smart with my money blah 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 it's very depressing great way to end it thanks for that rage i yeah you know what yeah you're welcome guys <laughs> we actually have more questions but we figured it might be suited for like a bonus episode on patreon so if uh you haven't joined us on patreon yet now would be a good time to do so. But in the meantime, we will turn it over to you guys. Let us know your answers to these questions in the comments because we're curious and we'll chat about it. And remember, we release a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing editing checklists. So to ensure you don't miss it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer podcast and huge thank you for, you know, still listening 200 episodes in. It's crazy. We will see you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Arguments Over Coffee and Tea. Which side are you on? The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.